0: Come
1: and dream with me. Hello and welcome to What Do You Want to Watch? the Explosion Network's premier media podcast. Every week we get together and talk about movies, TV and online content. Help you answer the question. Is there anything more ironic than a bunch of actors on dressing up for the Met Gala at the same time a bunch of writers preparing to strike across the country? I don't know. Pretty, yeah. I mean, host actually will uh, be joining me today, Dylan Blight.
0: I mean, to be fair, most of the people I saw who asked about on the red carpet were like, you're cool, I'm with them.
1: I mean, still really an interesting look, you know?
0: Yeah. Wearing it's a bunch time. of really
1: expensive designer clothing yeah. while a bunch of people are about to be out of jobs for who knows how long. But we'll get into that later. On today's episode of What Do You Want to Watch, we'll be discussing what's in our watch history, talking about some film news. Uh, give them a thumbs to the trailers and talk about this week's top three. Uh, I want to kick things off with a show that we've both started watching. Mrs. Davis. So, Dylan, how many episodes are you in now?
0: Um, I haven't watched this week's because I haven't had a chance yet. But um, what's that for? Right?
1: Four out of the five so far, yes. Yeah. So this is, of course, the new series from Damien Lindelof. Um, and it is maybe the wildest TV series we've had in a while. Uh, it features a nun played by uh, Betty Gilpin. Betty Gilpin.
0: Gilpin. Gilpin? Yeah.
1: Gilpin. That's it. Uh, Betty Gilpin, who is living in a world with a all-powerful AI that uh, pretty much, Siri. you know, Siri on, on like the nth awesome. degree, yeah. um, who has tasked her with uh trying to find the holy grail. Which is the the setup of the series uh in all the media in the setup to it. What they've left out is a massive <laughs> talking point, which I feel is a massive, weirdly strange selling point one way or the other. And it's that she believes she's in a relationship with Jesus. She she starts praying and then she's transported to a restaurant elsewhere where she's Talks to Jesus, who she's married to. Till, what do you think of (laughs) death?
0: Yeah, I feel like... So we talked about the teaser for this, or the trailer, and I was like, that looks absolutely wild. I'm definitely going to have to check it out. Um, And yeah, even that trailer doesn't do justice to just how wild and weird the show truly is. Um, And it's sort of hard for them to market because the show is definitely built upon cliffhangers and just like mystery box moments and yes <laughs> you know it's lindelof shit right it's uh from the it's from the the house the the you know jj abrams definitely passed along this thing to lindelof which was just do cliffhangers and wild shit and like you know you, yep just keep the audience guessing and this show it'll keep you fucking guessing so <laughs> it's because um, every episode they just they just add something else onto the the pile of weirdness that's going on in this world and um so much so that that's the most it's not, i don't want to say like the shows wouldn't be good without the wackiness and like the cliffhanger-esque nature of the episodes but boy does it mean that when i'm sitting here knowing i have one episode to watch i'm like what the fuck is going to happen next you know like <laughs> what is what wild shenanigans is am i about to sit down and watch here later um but yeah they, i think what makes the show though is definitely the cast is just phenomenal across the board um Betty Gilpin is fantastic in her commitment to this role like there's so so much silly wackiness stuff happening in the show, but like it's all played serious right it's all it's not a joke it's it, this is real shit, you know like um and the show is both serious. But it knows it's silly, so it's meant to be funny at times, but the there is like a, a serious backing backing to some of the characters like especially once they introduce the um Jake McDormand's character, um who's like, sort of um this Who's this running a secret
1: organization against the AI yeah. featuring uh Christa Chris Diamondopoulos. Yeah. Who a character called JQ, yeah. who is Australian. Yep, it seems for some reason.
0: For some reason, I don't know. For why.
1: some reason, who yep. <laughs> at one point jumps out of a plane, but not up, but first takes a mouthful of Vegemite because that's <laughs> you know that that's an Aussie thing to do. Yeah,
0: it's a very weird, though. Uh, <laughs> but my favorite ongoing gag with this whole introduction because the thing is they have a they act their relationship is is built into actual like like real human stuff like that's the the backing and then they build upon this all this this silly shit that happens around them but like at the core when that the, the layers sort of peeled back by episode four as to why their relationship fell apart and how she mm-hmm. ended up as a nun and all this sort of stuff like there's all there's like some weird trauma stuff going on there and whatever else that's that's interesting but my favorite gag with wireless character is the phone thing. I never get sick of it. <laughs> I don't know how it works or how it makes sense, but my dude answers a phone every single time he finishes a phone call, cracks that sucker in half. Suddenly he'll get a phone call two seconds later, whips out another phone. I don't know how it works, <laughs> but whatever.
1: It's cool. Unlimited <laughs> SIM cards all on the same SIM phone cards, line, yeah. but the yep. phone themselves needed to be destroyed for some reason.
0: Yeah. Every time just snaps that sucker in half. <laughs> two second phone call. Can I have a pizza? Crack. Like, off we go um yeah it's good shit <laughs> um it actually it's like it's nothing like it but um which is weird to say it had me thinking of it but like it was reminding me of preacher watching it just because of like the i guess the religious religious elements yeah religious elements and like especially in that episode four when you there she's suddenly having to like the the popes introduced and stuff and like it's it's not as um grotesque and sort of i guess like um it's it's there different isn't a to preacher, but, face like a butthole, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So like it's nothing like preacher, but it was just like the the religious elements and like the weird religious background and like secret yes. stuff happening that was reminding me of uh, preacher. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's very enjoyable. There is twists and turns every single episode. Um, it's got a really fun tone too, as well. You know, they're very playful and uh, silly and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, when they reveal that it's Jesus in that restaurant, which is, I, I think they like played out perfectly because it's not revealed to like several to episodes, episodes in, you think she's though. just going to this diner for, you know, yeah. whatever reason.
0: Sorry yeah. for spoiling it by the way, but if that helps you want to watch it. I
1: think that is definitely a selling point because.
0: Because I think that actress you... is credited as Jay. Jay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jay for Jesus. <laughs>
1: And Really, you you don't know. Wild shit could still happen. You know,
0: it's funny in retrospect because the, when you think she's actually going to the bar in the first episode, and he's like, "Man, you want to don't knock on the door and go see the boss." Like in retrospect, like, "Oh, the boss is in." Like, God, or, yeah, or like, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm keen to check out the rest of the season. Also, hold on.
0: In retrospect, also it's funny then because the first episode, she the nun. She's running around stopping magicians from doing crimes, which apparently is then a the thing that's like, well, that's what her like Jesus was that's like. What you know what? You know what GR we're gonna do? To do? Yep, stop these fucking magicians.
1: <laughs> but then that ties in because uh, you know she's related to magicians.
0: She's related you to know? a magician, that's a whole thing because also that gets some of my favorite casting of the show. So yeah,
1: some some really interesting casting there as well. Yeah, you know, even just like the first episode, you know, where they. A, there is a giant magnifying glass at one point To blow up a bunch of jam Yep It, it is ridiculous at points um, And it gets even wilder it, Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on episode 5
0: <laughs> I feel like this is going to fall even into a territory where I don't know, if because this is the thing We don't know if this is doing well I don't know I hope it is because this I, is don't, I wanna...
1: have not seen anybody else talk about
0: it I've not it. seen anyone talk about this show So here's what I'm hoping If no one's watching it yet I hope everyone catches up right in time for the finale. Or it's one of those things where everyone just I don't know. Everyone needs to get aboard though, because I swear to Lord, Jay himself. <laughs> I Swear if, to Jay off. Yes. <laughs> if this show fails, it's all your fault we don't get fun. Like and by you I mean those listening who are failing yeah. to watch the show. Uh because this shit is just highly original. Yes. And this this is this if you if you're like I want I want original good TV shows. This is as original as wild yeah. as you can get.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's being wildly watched. Do you know why I think it's not being wildly watched? Because I haven't heard people complain about it. And I'm sure there would be people.
0: It's like, I'm going tweet something now. I'm tw- I, I, Jesus, a not a white person? Crazy. <laughs> we should all be watching Mixing Days. I'll start the trend. Yeah. Start the trend.
1: What hashtag watch the note? Wait, no.
0: Uh, should I should all be watching hashtag Mrs. Davis on at Binge. There you go. Hold on. Yeah. i got to find a good view.
1: I mean, you know, I feel like they've, they're have binges, like, putting it prominently on their page, at least when, I've, when I first wanted to watch it. So, yeah, check out Ms. Davis on Binge or whatever streaming platform it's available in wherever you're living.
0: By the way, Miss def- Davis. That's the AI, not the nun.
1: It is. I enjoy that she's got different names in different places as well. Hmm. Like, uh, she's just mum in the UK. Yeah. In
0: England, we just call her mum.
1: Yeah. And then in Italy, she's Madonna, which creates a bunch of confusion. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Hilarious confusion, but yes. Looking forward to you know the ongoing discussions around Mr. Davis. Uh, yeah. I feel like this, this kind of has one season written all over it, but... Uh, no way. Hopefully not. Uh this week I've watched uh Matilda's the world at their feet the new documentary series uh on Disney Plus following the Matilda's football team the women's football team over the last well 12 months or so um it's fine it's enjoyable it's cool to see all these different uh players and kind of exploring different aspects and like obviously Sam Kerr is one probably the biggest possibly the biggest footballer in Australia like soccer player in Australia, male or female. um, So kind of getting a look at her life and that kind of stuff. And like that, I just feel like it's very interesting timing wise, Uh, the the timing period in which they filmed this, uh, because obviously they've made this in kind of in the lead up to the world, the women's world cup later this year, which is being hosted by Australia. Um, They said it like from January, I want to say last year to like, january just gone and kind of like documents the events of the year and all the friendlies and stuff they played uh from their disastrous asian cup tournament where they got knocked out in the quarterfinal stage uh even though they were like fancied to win the entire thing or at least make the final through to them winning against they beat somebody pretty big recently uh or earlier this year um yeah it's it's just interesting timing wise because they just Cut it's just after the like m- last major tournament, which was the Olympics, which they barely even talk about and how they came so close and you would think that would be this massive driving force kind of thing to talk about um and then obviously just not not quite hitting the competition, i guess um yeah, I mean it's enjoyable, it's cool to see all these different personalities and that kind of stuff um like uh one of the footballers, Ellie Carpenter, gets a big a c l injury Uh, They kind of follow her recovery, but they don't quite get to her being fully recovered, which is like a thing you would hope to have in a documentary I guess, but I guess you know she does fully recover in real life and that kind of stuff so Um, yeah, lots of interesting there's like, you see some of the differing action like uh, one big point in the series is uh, Sam Kerb breaks uh, Tim Cahill's goal scoring record for Australia, uh, and then a big article comes out from a prominent uh, Australian media person saying that Sam goal Sam Kerr's goals aren't equal to Tim Cahill's goals, uh, and she's you know behind the scenes, like in front of the camera, she's being all diplomatic about it and saying everybody's kind of entitled to their opinion. Uh, tr- Trying not to cause a stir, but she's kind of played out just saying how six shitty and sexist it kind of is and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I you know if you're interested in football, I'm sure if, if you've got any you know little girls who idolize the matillas and that kind of stuff uh it's definitely worth a watch so uh yeah it's cool to see a women's sports team being so supported as well i think seeing all the crowds and like yeah disney plus uh and all the episodes came out at once um so yeah i I definitely recommend checking it out if you're a sports person like sports documentaries uh or just you know like australian sports (laughs) Uh, Dylan, you went and saw Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves.
0: Yeah, finally went watch Dungeons and Dragons. It's pretty good, eh? Um, yeah, so it's, not, it's not. like um, it's one of the. I think it's one of these success stories where because I'm on record and I'll I'll stand by it. Trailers trash. Trailers for these, This movie was bad. The I don't think this movie was marketed well at all. I don't think the marketing for the movie does justice to the the fun tone of of the movie. I don't like the song choice. I don't like the anyway. I got sick of seeing trailer. I was bored of it. Mm. Uh, movie's good though. Movie very lively cast. Uh, sort of perfectly cast for the main. Weirdly, because Chris Pine plus Michelle Rodriguez wouldn't be like you know. Be like, you'd be like, nah, would that be like you, you're like casting choice? But it works. Like it's really it's yeah, it's really good to see those those two work together and stuff. Um, Hugh Grant's the bad this, and he's just as old Hugh Grant does these days is absolutely obliterate any scenery of any role he's playing. <laughs> um, and that's the movie Just with doing him doing all. that, <laughs> um, doing all of it. And he does it so well. So uh, I can't remember the rest of the cast, but you've got the Sophie, what's that, Sophia Le- Lilith Lily, Yeah, Lilith. that sounds right. Um, she is the most interesting character to me, but the most underutilized in the movie. But I don't think that, that's that's just the thing of like this. There's like four main characters, and the focus is on the main two and whatever else, which is you know just so happens. But because she's like a teeth thing, is she can try. Well, yeah? yeah, teeth thing. Yeah, yeah. And you like transform? She's like bear owl and all that sort of shit. And bear owl's like really cool. And I think she has the most exciting action sequence in the movie, which is just when she's running. um like, well, I don't know I'm not against spoilers, but you know when she's trying to escape, Do and a bunch like, of shape yeah. yeah. I think that was like the most exciting sequence in the movie i mean it was a the coolest fun. yeah it was the coolest yeah so i thought that was a lot of fun um yeah i mean main villain like of them being super fun but like the the side-kicky villain part if you know what i mean of all that i was like whatever that was just sort of generic and what have you but i think the most exciting thing about the movie was it just introduces a really interesting world they throw out all these names you know like let's go to the boulders gate let's go to fucking all you know they just throw names oh, out they're like, in we never never went to you know the king and all this sort of stuff like it builds up the the D world well yeah. enough that you could definitely see more adventures from yeah. either these characters or other characters um it's very funny movie though it's like you could definitely do another movie that's a bit more serious with different characters you could continue it and have it be uh, same tone as this whatever you want to do uh have a bit of fun on my plane trip home because i was just in canberra um, where I watched said movie. I did download and start listening to, they released a bunch of novels, tie-in novels, and I saw oh. that E.K. Johnson had written one, um, wrote one, that's bad English, um, for the Tiefling character, his name I can't remember, the Sophia Lillis character, which I downloaded and started listening to, not Forks. because, there you go, um, because uh, E.K. Johnson's wrote a bunch of the Star Wars novels I really like, so yeah, like okay. including the Soka one and stuff, so that I was like, well, oh i'll give that i was like out of all the time ones i'll give that one a shot i think they released a time one for every of the main character, every of the main characters so um but yeah so i listened to that so that's a bit of fun obviously it's like a you know it's a ya novel which is fine i love i love me some good ya novels easy listens easy reads what have you so um yeah it was good it was good
1: awesome on the back of that you've also watched another fantasy-esque movie onward pixar movie they got buried by covid
0: I didn't love it. I'm sure that comes as a surprise to you.
1: Yeah, because you hate all Pixar. (laughs) (laughs) You just hate hate brothers.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, as someone who has a brother, hate him. Um, the I I thought it was fine. Like it's just. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just, it seemed like I was missing something. And I, I, like, I looked up Metacritic or whatever before, and I, it's like on 60s 60-something, so I don't think I'm, like, off the the, the mark there. But it just, when the movie starts, it has, like, such this exciting proposition of, hey, like, we used to do magic and fantasy, but then science sort of won. Like, the whole joke at the start where they're trying to create a fire with, like, magic spells, and then someone's just like, oh, I've invented electricity. I'm like, that's funny. I like this whole the setup Mm. but then once they go from there and they get on the road trip i just feel like it like i wanted more time in the world and i was spending so much time on this road trip obviously because the the core of the movie is about the relationship between the brothers which is fine but i just feel like the scenery and the majority of the time we spent in the movie in locations said locations weren't particularly interesting to me and didn't do justice to the 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 world that was sort of introduced at the start of the movie if that makes some sort of sense
1: yeah um you were distracted by the interesting world
0: (laughs) yeah i guess so um i do like um what was i gonna say what the fuck is i did like the end sequence i thought the end sequence was good the way they pull off the 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 okay so the climax hit you the climax worked for me i feel like that was a, a very well done they didn't go they made the right choice about how to, to, to wrap things to up, wrap if you up. know what yep. I'm saying. Okay. I think that was like done really but well. But if you didn't the... like
1: that, then I would have read like... <laughs> No, no. <laughs> if no, that no, didn't no. at least work for you, then no, I would have been you. very but upset.
0: I'm, t- yeah. I'm totally on board for, for all of that. It was just the, yeah. So I, I think I'd probably give it like a six, six and a half, if I was okay. scoring it. I'm sort of in that, like, it's okay. I just feel like it, it missed its full potential. Okay.
1: Uh, you also watched another animated film, Latte and the Magic Waterstone.
0: Yeah, this is a very little kids one that I watched with a very little kid, um, and it's just for little kids. That's about my... uh, It's about all I've got for that one. I'm sorry. All right, let's move
1: into the mandatory (laughs) Netflix segment of the show. Uh, Speaking of little kids, I watched Sweet 2, season 2! The TV series about a bunch of hybrid children getting persecuted by the remnants of humans who are dying off because of the disease a pandemic that swept the entire world. Uh crazy idea that, you know, never heard of before. Um at the end of last season, Sweet Truth was captured by a group called The Last Men, who are hoping to use the hybrid animal children to figure out a cure uh to the disease. I don't think it actually has a name the disease, but uh the big prominent trigger, like you can tell, is like it causes people's pinkies to, like, move, like, on their own. Like, they just uh, start twitching. Um, but yeah, enjoyable Job. season.
0: <laughs> what? I was like, what a weird disease. But yeah, go on.
1: No, there's like like a tell that someone's got the... Right, okay. Yeah. Like, I guess, like, Parkinson's, I guess you'd see yeah, okay. trigger trembles in their class. It's such
0: a specific thing, your pinky starts moving,
1: yeah well i mean it's a, it's a tippy thing whatever it's easy, <laughs> easy tell then it's easier than oh no someone starts bleeding out their eyes all the time they must be sick okay. um harder to hide um but yeah it's enjoyable a lot of the kid designs are very cute they use a lot of interesting animal designs like some of the is that little kid elephant little skunk who you know does what you think he does at certain points um monkeys and all that um Uh, but no, yeah, uh, following Gus kind of unraveling a lot more of the mysteries that were kind of set up in the first season uh, as to Gus's origins and that kind of stuff, I just feel like this season was they spent eight of the six no, six of the eight episodes captured inside this single compound uh, which is kind of it was fine, but last season they were like, making their way across the country and like traversing, meeting all these different characters and like uh, learning something new every week and like it just felt very samey uh, with like a singular location all season um, but yeah I mean it paid off I been felt the need to binge it all the way through in one go um, so yeah I mean again, sounds like kids... season 2
0: of The Walking Dead oh <laughs> it's a prison okay. joke okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, then yes yes
1: yes it does <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's very enjoyable. I think very well done. Uh, the cast is really good. Uh, I think it, the kid's Christian Covney, who people saw recently in Cocaine Bear, uh, That's the kid? The very, that's the kid. Okay. Uh, less swearing, but, uh, very adorable with his little antlers. Um.
0: Oh, he's the one, he's the, yeah, so he's the... It's the kind of thing that scars a man for life or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, and then, you know, kind of delving into the different characters as well, like uh jeopard and his backstory and the doctor, um, and that kind of stuff. And again, like hinting even more at like trying to find the origins of the Actually it's kind of explicitly revealed how the how the, the disease started, um, but kind of like delving into whether there can be a cure or not. Yeah. so it's all enjoyable and then you got james brolin like doing na- narration over the top so yeah really enjoyable if you enjoyed the first season of sweet tooth uh i think it's a little bit lesser uh but that could just be personal taste and preference so uh definitely check it out if you enjoyed season one uh dylan you watched the documentary the longest third date
0: yeah, I randomly saw so it. I was randomly saw it on Netflix when I had time, and I was like trying to do stuff from the laptop. And I was like, "This goes for like an hour, sure, I'll chuck this on." Um, I ended up paying a lot more attention to it than I thought I would because it was actually sort of weirdly interesting. But um, it helps if you know nothing about this, which I didn't. But it was covered a lot in like news stations and stuff. I guess primarily in America, which is maybe mm-hmm. why I never saw it or I never cared to read it because I probably saw a headline yeah. about. It was like, the longest third date ever. And I was like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> you know, like something like that. But the yep. core, without spoiling it, in case you want to watch it yourself, anyone listening. But the setup is that Guy Meets Girl. Oh, <gasps> lovely setup. Shocking. Uh Tinder or whatever. Uh, they go on a date. They go on the second date. Uh This is right, I guess, what, early 2020 or what? when did COVID start? 2020?
1: Yes, it did start twenty twenty. <laughs> it's
0: crazy, it's ages ago. Um, so twenty twenty. Uh so this is like right January, February or something like that. Right before like, you know, stuff starts shutting down or whatever. And then the dude is like, Hey, crazy idea for a third date. Let's go to Costa Rica for like three days. Let's just threw it out there. Um and while this is happening. That is it's crazy. Sh- yeah. So he's a wanna be like influencer type dude. So he's always recording stuff, which helps because hey he's recording stuff. <laughs> he's got all the fucking footage. So that's how you end up with this movie. Um but the the um I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh the go. the good of thing the girl, blah, blah. oh right, so then yeah, so he's like, let's throw it out there. I'll go out there. Like, what's the worst that can happen? They're the the movies, the documentaries being filmed. It's like they're talking on separate couches, so you don't know. Did they hate each other by the end of this, or do you know what's the go? Like, part of part of the thing is obviously okay. you're watching it. and You're going, do they actually end up together? Like, what's so they the go? go to Costa Rica, and then they go to Costa Rica, and then COVID lockdowns happen, and they're like, at first it's. Hey, your flight's been delayed by like a week. Damn, that sucks. We're gonna spend an extra week together. Your flight's been delayed by like a month. Wow. Um, I, I don't remember the total time, but by the time they get back to America, their flight was delayed by like, I don't know, a four lot. or five months. Like a very, very long time by the time they get back.
1: Um so yeah, Sounds it was like it a just, very long third date.
0: It's a very long and you'd say it's the longest third date, some would say even. So yeah. uh but yeah, I found it interesting. It's nice and like at an hour just over an hour i think it's like an hour 15 like it definitely doesn't drag out the story more than what felt like necessary like by time you spend just enough time intercutting between the the talking head sort of interviews with them how they're feeling. Some friends and family who were also like, "Hey, we met them once. Like, this is what I thought of him." You know, like her friends being like, "He seemed like such a douche." You know, like I don't know why he was. She flew there across the to a different country with him. You know, like rough. all that. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It's just one of those wild sort of stories, which is obviously why it's picked up by a lot of news outlets and and stuff like that. Not to mention the fact that her family. So she told her mum. Um, doesn't tell her dad because she's like, her dad would go off if he knew that she went to this place with a guy. So she tells him that he's just going. She's she's going there with a bunch of friends, and it's not until like months into this that she finally like says, "Hey." So being here with a guy the entire time, like this really awkward like phone call that she has to make and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah, I thought it was it was interesting watch. All right.
1: Uh and then lastly I watched the new comedy special by John Mulaney, Baby Jay. Um which uh he just come out comes out of the gate and just talks about his uh experience in rehab and that's kind of <laughs> the crux of it. Um kind of detailing his uh talking about him being on drugs in the lead up to his big intervention uh in which a bunch of people, you know, uh he as he likes to say a star studded intervention uh made him go to rehab uh and then kind of uh deal with his issues and that kind of stuff and it kind of him his retelling of the events uh and how he dealt with being in rehab as someone who's uh uh desperately seeks attention <laughs> uh which is something he uh kind of delves into a fair bit including a story in which he kind of hoped that his grandparent would die so he would get special special attention at school um so yeah this is uh, this is much darker territory than uh his previous stuff um as he kind of just says at the start of his special like his pers- his reputation's been completely changed by the events of the last 3 years or whatever going from like this uh very wholesome kind of comedian to somebody to uh someone who's been at rehab uh and got divorced and had a kid, and a whole bunch of different life changes in the last 12 months or whatever, or three years, I guess. Uh, Yeah, it's really funny, really uh, interesting to hear a lot of the stories. Um, Yeah, I mean, i liked John Mulaney before. It it is definitely different to his previous material, but I think, obviously, it was always going to be something a bit different. Um, You can't (laughs) go back to the same same jokes i guess it it's interesting to think that chances are when he was doing that stuff he was still dealing with the same problems or was dealing with those problems just not on the same scale uh and that kind of stuff so definitely recommend it i think it's pretty funny and worth worth a watch uh even from just like a curiosity perspective but yeah That's everything in our watch history. Uh, Let's jump into some film news. We're going to mix things up today. This week, we're going to kick off with this week's top three. Definitely in the top three. And this week, our top three is top three most anticipated films coming out of CinemaCon. Uh, So Dylan, what is your number three?
0: I found this hard because a lot of, I just felt like I was going to, and I kind of have. But like just putting movies that I was already excited about. Like it's sort okay. of hard not to you know. Yeah, I, mean? I, I
1: my method was I picked three movies that got me more interested based on the events of CinemaCon. Okay. So that's fine. That we'll mix things up. We definitely will not have the same list.
0: Okay. My number three is Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. The upcoming Scorsese film. That's apparently sixteen hours long and um stars everyone
1: so apparently martin scorsese himself revealed the first teaser uh at CinemaCon. the footage fully teases the bank conflict between the assuage people and the white settlers in Assage county in 1920s oklahoma leonardo DiCaprio's character ernest burkhart is very in love with his wife molly uh when more and more white people settle in the town grizzly murders take place and they're all of natives robert de niro uh stars as william hale Who's sort of a mentor to Leo and advises Ernest that they need to make a f- make a new for themselves by obtaining the land's mounties of oil. Um, I think uh I think Saul came out and said something along the lines of if you wanted to explore uh the complicity of people in these kind of massacres and that kind of stuff. So Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Uh yeah. Getting a full cinema release, I believe it's set to be released at Well, show at Khan. Yeah, in the next month or so, uh, so trailers for that should be not far away. So,
0: really interesting subject matter, really fantastic cast. Um, I fully trust long Scorsese time in the coming to do. Yeah, long time coming, and um, yeah, super super keen for that one. It's it's sort of not something that it's sort of out of Scorsese's wheelhouse a little bit. I can't say I've seen him do a movie that explores like that, like anything within like native uh indigenous sort of aspects of american history not that i can think of anyway like he's touched on it in other films but not as like prominent like main thing at least that i can think of so all
1: right my number three is wonka uh so warner brothers revealed the first look of the prequel film wonka starring chimleafiche alamay we're introduced to a young and poor willie wonka who lives with his this young girl named Callalane. lane uh, an original new character who acts like a pseudo sister for the aspiring candy maker. Uh, Willie is seen traveling to exotic jungles, protecting the art of making chocolate with cow-cow beans. The young man has dreams of owning his own shop, selling his own chocolate via his v- original recipes, but the distribution of the sweets in the industrial town he lives in is controlled by a chocolate cartel, which is really just a group of greedy businessmen, uh, they includes the melody from Pure Imagination. Wonka cannot fulfill his dream of selling chocolate if he has, cannot get past the chocolate cartel. In order to set up a shop, he decides to get extremely creative and pursuing his dreams, distributing his magical candy to the people of town, building a name for himself the old-fashioned way. When the cartel comes to stop him, he gives them a piece of candy and they sends him floating in the air, which gives gets the attention of the townspeople. Uh, they also gave their first look of the Oompa Loompas. One of which is being played by, I think it was... It was Hugh Grant or something. Hugh Grant, that's yeah. right. Uh, so, from reading from this article, it says, Directed by Paul King of the Paddington series, Wonka flaunts a whimsical tone and sweeps audiences away with a gleeful spirit. Uh, it fully plays into the charm of Roald Dahl's original children's book. Uh, Timothy Chalamet's interpretation of the re- young Willy Wonka rebellious rebellious, a bit blunt in the vein of Gene Wilder's famous performance. And more importantly, he cr- purely magical so yeah this sounds really good sounds like uh willie wonka by way of paddington which is the best we could have hoped for
0: yeah uh, i'm mildly optimistic for this considering who's
1: the people involved and stuff. the people involved yes so yeah. uh definitely more keen for this after hearing positive things this week uh dylan what's your number two
0: my number two is meg two the trench whoa so, all I know is I saw, I like, the first Meg was fine. Did was you see the totally, headline? <laughs> yeah, I saw the headline, which was Meg fights a Tyrannosaurus or some shit like that. <laughs> and I went, oh, fucking righty then. <laughs> <laughs> and I got nothing else to say other than, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching I'm on that. Board with this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
1: Warner Brothers debuted the trailer for Meg to the Trench at CinemaCon, directed by Ben Wheatley. Uh, the sequel is not doubling, but tripling down on its absurdity. The footage begins in prehistoric times where we see a massive T-Rex hunt for fish at a beach, only be to be chomped into by an even bigger megalodon. Fast forward to the present, the team from the first film, led by Jason Statham, travels to the bottom ocean to make a terrifying discovery. There's a trench that acts as a doorway to a slew of pre- prehistoric creatures that have survived extinction for these millions of years. Uh... Yeah, that is amazing, and would definitely, you know, <laughs> within our film community, we're very pro shark movies. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: I think the, the weirder these movies get, the better. It's the better. I, I do think the so.
1: further away you can compare it to Jaws, the better it yeah. will be for this movie.
0: Yeah, just stop trying to make Jaws because Jaws is the best shark movie, one of the greatest movies of all time. It's so all right. Stop trying to. Yeah, fuck you. Um, and then, yeah, the weirder you get, the wackier you get, the the better it's going to be. Just like completely play into Jason's death and going
1: it's a Megalodon. And then like, that's the movie. Yeah. It's a, t- it's a Megalodon that ate a T-Rex. It. The camera
0: like slowly pans in on his face as he says it to her. It's like the best part of the movie. Okay. <laughs> Crazy.
1: All right. Uh, my number two, Craven the Hunter. Craziness. What, what a world we live in. Sony revealed the first ever footage for Craven the Hunter starring Aaron Taylor Johnson in the form of a trailer. Things kick off with Craven stopping a group of poachers in the wild who are trying to escape with their bounties of wild animal carcasses. Craven Hunter is confirmed to be Sony's first R-rated Marvel movie, uh, and the footage really shows it, with Craven killing quite literally like an animal. Uh, Alan Taylor... Aaron Taylor Johnson's Craven the Hunter uses weapons, his hands, and even his own teeth as he bites off a piece of a poacher's face and spits out the blood. He also jumps off walls and pounces on foes like an animal. The main conflict of the film is between his father, played by Russell Crowe, who was who was the one who actually raised him in the extreme ways of hunt hunter versus prey. The action is filled with over-the-top gore, as comical as the Deadpool films. As we see Craven use everything from huge spears to fully sized bear traps to decapitate and chop up goons to pieces a serious new character played by ariana du Bois is briefly teased as well uh for those curious the comic accurate craven vest with the recognizable fur around the shoulders was briefly seen on aaron teller johnson as aaron teller johnson puts it pulls it out of an old chest but for the most part craven is not wearing the comic accurate costume in the trailer surprisingly he does meet up with another famous spider-man villain the rhino a huge fight between the two begins as latter injects himself with a serum that actually mutates him into a huge rhino beast, as opposed to a mech suit. The footage only saw his arm morphing into a big gray rhino-like fist that did look somewhat comic accurate. You want to see me? See? <laughs> you want to see why they call me the Rhino? He says. Uh, it appears the Craven Hunter will play out it's mainly as a standalone entry with little connections to Sony's Marvel universe for now. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm all, all on board for crazy. Hunting, Aaron Taylor Johnson ripping people's noses off with his teeth, and the idea I... of a rhino, rhino, a rock steady rhino in this—it's crazy.
0: The thing that puts me like slightly iffy on this is it's still Sony. You're know, like, still... when is Morbius gonna show up? Yeah. So when's Morbius <laughs> gonna show up? They failed Morbius and they didn't make it violent at all. So like, what's to say that they just cut this back? Like probably the release, they make it PG.
1: Pretty low, I think. If you're marketing it at the major cinema con as an R-rated movie, uh, and that's your big selling point, I think that's a pretty mm, uh, unlikely, unlikely thing. Uh, I'm trying to remember who's directing this movie. Uh, J.C. Chandor, so of uh, what's my call it? A Most Violent Year and Triple Frontier, so. Uh, I think you'd be happy to do some violence shit. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's my number two. Dylan, what is your number one?
0: Number one is a little old film called Dune, part two. Ooh, that's good. I've got nothing of it. There was a picture of Who's Florence doing? Pugh as a princess. You like? Damn. Timothy Chalmay and Splice and Butler. Austin Butler's head. And Austin Butler, head. sorry, not Anthony Butler, Austin Butler. Um, yeah, Super King. And then Florence Pugh was at the Met Gala to have a fully shaved head. So I'm like, what's the go there? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she
1: switched sides? She been wearing a wig this entire time? This yeah, I don't know.
0: Promoting it, yeah, stuff? I was like, what's I don't
1: the- know. Maybe she just like, no, that's us do it for the Met
0: Gala, I guess. Uh, hey, I could believe- By the way, before you say something, this movie's out this year, which I kept forgetting it about. Is. And They were like, movie's out in November. I was like, fuck me. What? I've got Barbie, Oppenheimer, and Dune this year? Shit's about to turn around for this year. I'll tell you what. I've had a light movie this year, but shit is about to fucking turn around.
1: Cinema's back, baby.
0: <laughs> Cinema's back. <gasps>
1: Director v- Dennis Villeneuve revealed the first trailer for his highly anticipated sequel, Dune Part 2. The action-packed footage begins with Paul Atreides' played by Timothee Chalamet, and Chani, played by Zendaya, acting affectionately towards each other while sitting on a large sand dune. By now, they're slowly but surely starting to embrace, fully embrace their romance. Florence Pure's Princess Ar- Rulon is introduced earlier. She wears a bearded veil over her face and talks about the incoming war. We see that Josh Brolin's uh, Gurney Halleck makes a comeback after the events of the first film. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson as Lady Jessica is seen riding across the deck desert with the freeman people in some sort of speeder as well teasing their plans to overthrow throw the harkins the rest of the footage jumps back and forth between paul and his first attempt to ride a sandworm and Freyed ralph rackin portrayed by elvis star austin butler entering the story butler's frayed is seen bowing in front of baron vladimir harker harker Harker, 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 uh played by Stellan skarsgård while his brother glossy rubin Right, but there's a bunch of shitty names in this. Uh, <laughs> Batista uh, stands aside and looks upon him with fear in his eyes. Meanwhile, Freeman leader Stilgar, played by Javier Bardem, uh, gives a piece of advice to Paul before he attempts his first sandworm ride. Don't try to impress anyone. Uh, he soon eats his words as Paul quickly gets the hang of controlling a sandworm. The lead up to this moment as Paul prepares his hooks and everyone watches think he's going to fail is pulse-pounding and visually stunning in a way that is barely teased in the first film. Villeneuve uh, confirmed that 100% of D- Dune Part 2 was shot in IMAX as opposed to his predecessor, having about 40% in the format, and this difference is clearly felt perhaps the most epic shot from the entire trailer. Uh, we are teased with what looks to be the final duel between Paul Atreides and Freid Ratha uh, in a wide and spacious battlefield. Austin, Butler's version of Freid, is completely pale and bald, just like his brother, uh, our Buddy boasts some facial features that look a bit more monstrous. Before their final duel, Paul touches his forehead with his blade as Fred looks bloodthirsty on the other opposite side. Most, if not all, of the from cast form a crown around them, watching from a close distance. Notably, Christopher Walken as the Emperor was absent from the trailer. So yeah, this is wild. I think they've come out and said that this second part, or like, I I don't think he likes it being called part two, but uh, or a second part, but uh. It's going to be like 100% like a war movie, and it's going to be freaking crazy. But yes, coming out this year, mental. Absolutely mental. Uh, my number one this week uh, is The Fall Guy. To find... You're right.
0: We didn't have any of the same movies.
1: Yeah. Uh, CinemaCon got the fir- very first look at The Fall Guy, director David Leach's adaptation of the 1981 action-adventure TV series of the same name. Leach says the project hits close to home since the story gives an Inside look into the life of hardworking stunt people. Ryan Gosling plays retired stunt performer Colt Seavers, who gets called back into the film industry by his ex-girlfriend played by Emily Blunt, who's about to direct her first feature. Her feature is a Mad Max-like space opera led by the hottest action hunk in Hollywood, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, and she needs Colt to be his stunt double. Uh Gosling's Colt is blonde with dark beard, and he looks similar to Aaron Taylor-Johnson's character, who's a total jerk and party freak. Uh, Colt Seavers uh, agrees in the hopes of wing back his former love. He's hyped up on the set of the film by this director played by Winston Duke as the best stuntman around. Blunt really puts him through the ringer though with tough challenges on set from getting flipped in cars to getting set on fire over and over again. As a petty way of getting back at him there is clearly some romantic tension between the two making it hilariously awkward for everyone else on set. While Aaron Taylor Johnson's egotistical action star goes mysteriously missing maybe due to his own afflictions with the criminal underground the feature film is at hand is at huge risk of being shot down. Thus Colt Severs goes out of his way to go out and save him from Hollywood's dirty underbelly in hopes to save the production and ultimately the relationship with his ex. Furthermore, the footage revealed Hannah Waddingham's character Colt's talent agent and Stephanie Schu's role as what appears to be one of uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's party friends who's involved in his disappearance. The full guy feels noticeably different from Blainebley's past work. While still carrying his engaging comedic tone, the film goes back and forth between the world of the most in-movie dystopian space opera and the ugly side of Hollywood, which makes for some awesome visuals. Ryan Gosling's charisma is on full display and his take on cult sievers also allows him to let loose and is a bit more unserious at times as he embraces his love of being a stuntman. Overall, The Fall Guy could very well shape up to be David Leitch's best film yet. Uh, Yeah, the idea of a movie based around stunt people is very interesting and uh, Ryan Gosling as a lead in this kind of role that
0: And has played a stunt person in a little film called Drive.
1: Hmm. True. That was very good. So, I'm sure (laughs) he wouldn't do another stunt based film, you know. You know, the last stunt based film, a movie about a stuntman, was very good as well. It's a little movie called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, am I right? So, yeah. Lots of things adding up to be very positive about. So, yeah. Uh,. Yeah, uh, other things from CinemaCon. Was there any other things that caught your eye? or
0: um, The standout, I think, was the announcement of Ghostbusters. Yes, What confirmation. Or like... More confirmation, like officially getting a sequel. Um, I would be mildly optimistic about that because although I talked a lot of shit about it, it was primarily to do with the, the ending and stuff like that, whereas I really loved the the kid cast and um even Paul Rudd and all that sort of stuff so I'd be yeah. very much into a sequel if they were like yeah look like this is we promise <laughs> no more fucking cameos and stuff like that I'd be like yeah hell yeah that's
1: um, I wouldn't bet against cameos yeah, but uh yeah but you know again a film focused on the that that group of kids and that family I think uh is what they're going for uh seeing as that's the cast but that's really cool
0: um all the um, horror movie stuff. So, Meg Two Point Oh release date. Um, Insidious, obviously. Um, none. Um, Two interesting Andrei. ones. They said Store. that they're working.
1: Fucking everything. They said they're doing a Smile sequel. Yeah, Smile and sequel, a Black yeah.
0: Phone sequel. Yeah, I so you could totally do a Smile sequel. There's that that like people just keep smiling. No, because it's one of those movies where, like, the, they don't win. Like, it's just like it's just oh. a thing. Like, it's it's they could just make another one, and like, it's just someone else is getting fucking haunted, or it's before or after the first movie. It doesn't really matter. Um, the what was that one? Black phone, black phone, black phone. You could definitely do as well because uh, you could just do before. That's true. Or
1: you could do all the other kids he murdered.
0: No, or no, no. So before, as in, like the history of that phone. Some, so, so some other horror mystery element. It's set 50 years prior. No, that's probably way too far because it's the 70s. Or it could actually be set after. So the the tying the tying in element is that the phone is able to communicate supernaturally to help our heroes, um, in these movies. It's not. It's not the. It's not the. Um. The the villain. It's the the the, the tying in element would be the phone. You know what I mean. Mm. That connects the, the the connective fabric. But you could have different type of killers. You could have different time periods. Like the phone just stays in that house. I don't know. Potentially. Either way, they were massively successful. Like Smile made a fuck ton considering its budget. Um, yeah. Black Phone the same. So the fact they're both getting sequels is no brainer
1: yeah absolutely so, um yeah lots of interesting things uh of course they showed more barbie footage and we we're yeah. very excited for that very hard to keep uh, that off
0: my list but i tried to
1: yeah you know, that and oppenheimer
0: called... i uh, sat to the side
1: it's like yeah we know we know what they are um more positive stuff coming about aquaman in the lost city you know <laughs> uh apparently it's going to be the story of orm played by patrick wilson and uh apparently having a massive year because he's in a bunch of he's in like six or seven movies it seems like I'm like wait we just talked about this Insidious movie why is he in this movie called Conjuring aren't they the same thing it's crazy Um, but yeah him and Jason Momoa are going to team up to do Lost Kingdom shit (laughs) Uh, so that's interesting Uh, what else Uh, apparently the Color Purple uh, musical looks really good obviously uh, being produced by uh, steven spielberg and oprah winfrey uh the first look at they got a first look at like the wicked part one i guess it is um which apparently is looking amazing um so that's very exciting as well um jack black came on stage and gave a full rundown of what the story of kung fu panda 4 is going to be uh so that's interesting uh do you see this migration film the bomb, um, the duck, the animated movie with ducks, no flying.
0: Is oh, yeah, I did. I did. I saw Charlie. No, I did. I did. I did. I did yeah. See yeah do you know who I wrote know. that? No. Mark White. Okay. Well. Sure. Of White Lotus. Yeah, he's he's wrote a bunch of other. Um, I mean, it's just shows. so weird. Go look up his IMDb. Like he has yeah, a bunch sure. of random stuff in there. Uh, not surprising, I guess. The- they use so a trailer they released though for it. I don't like it because it's like it says it goes for like a minute or something like that. There's just a bunch of footage from other animated stuff, and at the then they're like, and now the ducks fly or some shit. And it's about twenty twenty seconds of ducks. No.
1: Yeah. Uh they also released uh the first look at Wish, the Disney film. Uh yeah, trailer's which really good. That looks really cool, except it's got the little star thing from Mario in it. Like it yeah. was
0: gonna go. That'd be nice. With that.
1: Yeah. Positive.
0: Yeah. It's the cousin or whatever. That's why you don't like it? It's uh drops a bunch of I you know, don't. You didn't have this goat. in our, our trailer, so I'll, I'll say this. That trailer was really good. I really like the teaser trailer. I love the art style. Yeah. It's got this whole sort of 3D animation on 2D yes. animation sort of thing happening to it. I really, really appreciate it. I didn't that. put it in because
1: it's a teaser and it's not yeah. trailer enough Yeah, yeah like that's fine. Timeline... But I was like,
0: yeah, but because of that, I can say now in this segment yeah. that I really like the teaser trailer. And then when the
1: original, eventual official trailer comes out, we can talk about it again. Yeah if there isn't something bigger. So that was really cool. Uh, what else? Did you hear about this, uh, The Creator? So this is the new film from Gareth Edwards. Uh, it's an original new sci-fi epic that tells the story of a man's relationship with artificial intelligence. Very timely. That may not sound like a fresh idea at first, but The Creator easily looks like a new hit in the making, boasting the full grand scale that Gareth Edwards has become known for. The Creator follows a protagonist played by David John David Washington, who traverses a not-so-distant cyberpunk future where society has managed to create what seems to be the most advanced kind of AI, cyborg-looking beings with human faces and circular holes that make up the backside of their heads. That's a weird sentence. These AI-being people look to be oppressed and suffering, with Washington's character taking care of a small robot child in what appears to be a rising war where humans are painted as the villains. So yeah, the first film from Gareth Edwards since Rogue I was going to say the
0: first film since Rogue One. So yeah, I'm keen for it, no matter what, because I like all of his movies.
1: Yeah, and it's got the full Disney slash 20th Fox uh, money behind it, so that's yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, we've got first look at Napoleon, the new film, uh, Ridley Scott Wart biopic starring Walking Phoenix. Uh, the film it will be co-produced by Apple and will be streaming on Apple TV after an extensive theatrical window. Uh and it boasts an epic scale that evokes the work of really Scott's past period films like Gladiator and The Last Jewel. So yeah. That's cool. At least confirmation that uh it's gonna be coming to Cinemas and not just Apple TV Plus. Mm. Uh Here's the movie that got tons wagon everywhere. Anyone but anyone but you as the film just wrapped filming earlier, CinemaCon got a sneak peek at the new R-rated romantic comedy Anyone But You, starring Glenn Powell and Sidney Sweeney. The film is a modernization of William Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing, following two former college enemies who pretend to be a couple at a destination wedding years later for their own personal gain, but actually fall in love. The version paints the two as obsessive and not being able to stand each other if they keep running back after sexual every sexual encounter. That sounds promising, do you know. I enjoy much do about nothing
0: retellings. Very weird marketing <laughs> stuff happening with this. Um which you Is know, more marketing. power to them. Yeah, I I'm on the side of its marketing. So we shall see though. We'll see.
1: But yeah, we also weird reactions to this, you see like people on like the comments no. of it's like Why? when are they gonna bring back wholesome movies? They shouldn't be R rated romantic comedies. There's PGA romantic comedies time. There's like a million on any streaming service or yeah. on Hallmark Channel. How
0: many R-rated romantic comedies are there? Very slim. Very, yeah. I exactly. guess
1: it depends on what you can't as, count as a romantic comedy. Is something like Knocked Up a Romantic Comedy? I'm... Is 40-year-old virgin, virgin of romantic comedy?
0: Yeah, I guess, like... They're not the, the typical, like, not the way classic, you think of yeah. them. They're not classic romantic comics, but I guess they would be the closest things that we have. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I wouldn't say I'm, like, I'm keen as fuck for it. The thing I'm most keen for is Sydney Sweeney coming out soon. It's that uh, TV show she's got coming out. The, uh, uh... I can't remember what it's called now. That thing. That thing. <laughs> the one they put our in a trailer for the that. that looks good.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess the last thing... Oh, the... Good announced Transformers animated series or animated film called Transformers 1. It will be a prequel uh, following the early days of uh, the Autobots Decepticons on Earth. Chris Hensworth set to voice young Optimus Prime and Brian Tyree Henry set to voice young Megatron.
0: That's weird, but yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. Also, for me, there's they confirmed the Avatar movie's coming, which is exciting. Avatar The Last Airbender, sorry. Okay. Uh, but, oh, and the new John Skrasinski movie, If, uh, which has an interesting premise. Uh, it follows the unlikely pairing of a young girl played by Kaylee Felt-Lemming and her overbearing adult neighbour, Ryan Reynolds, as they mysteriously gifted the ability to see other people's old imaginary friends walking about society. The film is a mix of live-action and CGI with all the imaginary friends being various larger-than-life bizarre creatures. The main character's imaginary friend is a large purple and f- fuzzy beast voiced by Steve Carell.
0: Sure, I thought it was an it spin off, but never mind.
1: No, they also showed first footage of uh, a Quiet Place Day One starring Lupita Nyong'o. So,
0: So don't really care about that movie. You don't really care about that movie, no.
1: Okay, well, let's talk about the big movie from CinemaCon, The Flash.
0: Don't really care about that movie.
1: (laughs) It is (laughs) interesting as like a case study. But it is clearly very problematic. Did you see, did you watch the trailer?
0: Yeah. Oh, here's, let me tell you something. I think mm. my cinema played that early. I saw that. Remember a couple weeks ago where I was like. No, this
1: is a different trailer.
0: I'm telling <laughs> you right now, I watched that trailer.
1: It's, it's very similar. But I'm sure you noticed, very Batman focused.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of Michael Keaton in it.
1: Michael Keaton, a lot of uh, Sasha Kale. Mm. Uh, limited Ezra Miller. Did you watch the Japanese trailer? No, I did not. Very Flash-heavy. Lots of Ezra Miller in that. Uh, people liking that a lot more, and people are questioning why that wasn't the the trailer they released across America and the Western world. And i tell you why, because Japanese people probably don't know who Ezra Miller really is, and uh, they're unaware of their misdeeds, I would assume, mm. to a certain extent. Um, yeah. It was shown. It lived up to the hype for the people who went. But it's still a very, you know, it's gonna be a very awkward movie for a lot of people to go see and again raises the questions of uh art versus artists and that kind of stuff, so I guess we'll see how this plays out. You know?
0: Even without that, I think the trial is very like whatever.
1: Personally. It's definitely uh He's got his own style. I'll say that. Does it? Mm hmm.
0: Because you know what I think? That shot with the three of them it running looks, in super speed up to the armies looks absolutely looks like an ass.
1: Very. It looks very animated. It looks like Arrowverse. Ooh. Arrowverse is perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, for, for TV. <laughs> Harsh. Also, the, fa- the part where Michael Keaton says, What's that fucking ridiculous line? He says, I don't remember that. There's know. some weird writing in this movie, but but yeah, uh,
1: yeah, that's everything kind of from CinemaCon. Yeah,
0: you know, they released the first picture of Maxine today.
1: Did they? Yeah. Is that is that the 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 Pearl slash X sequel? Yep. The movie that will be in Australia in 2025.
0: Yep. That's cool. more exciting than anything you just talked about.
1: What, really any of the movies that we just talk- or specifically that last movie that I was talking about
0: Definitely the last two movies you just talked about
1: okay harsh uh, so uh, it was voted on the Writers Guild of America the Union that Bargains on behalf of the Hollywood r- screenwriters has called a strike after negotiations with major studios failed to produce a favorable contract the strike which is, which is the first involving the WGA to occur in 15 years seeks to bring to the to brings firms to the table on a host of issues, including higher pay and better working conditions. Uh but those some of those issues are quite unique in the annals of modern history disputes and have to do with the technological changes currently disrupting the entertainment industry. Um so yeah, obviously the Screenwriters Guild had been writ it had been written on a wall for a while. Yeah. Uh we kind of knew it was coming. It seemed like a lot of the industry knew it was coming. I believe someone from Netflix came out last week and said, oh, we're pretty well poised if there's a writer's strike to yeah,
0: survive got, they're it. They're like, we shit got like shit like backed it. up for months, man.
1: We'll be good, you know. Um, so, yeah, I guess we will see how that plays out. This is an interesting wrinkle to it that I didn't necessarily think of or see discussed in our past talkings about it. Uh, One of the most interesting areas of dispute in the current negotiations is the role AI should or shouldn't play in Hollywood writers' rooms. In case you've missed it, new forms of automation are currently sweeping through the entertainment industry, leaving many creatives worried about how much shifts may displace or alter their roles, from deepfakes to AI-generated voices to screen-biting chatbots. New tools seem poised to disrupt the business in major ways. Uh, Some industry figures have suggested TV and movies could soon be written largely by software, a development that has forced WGA to issue a response. To protect its members, WGA has sought to carve out distinct guardrails for the use of AI, which would make such content generation tools less of an active threat to writers' livelihoods. Uh, The Guild's proposal is that AI should not be used as source material for the contract covering writing, nor can it be used to rewrite contract-covered work. At the same time, AI-generated text should not be considered in determining writing credits, WGA said basically meaning basically that AI cannot be considered to be the author of a particular script. AI should not be used to generate literacy material, uh, which is defined as basically any creative content, including screenplays, outlines, teleplays, and other related material. Uh, In short, WGAA doesn't want AI products to be deemed writers, nor does it want it to be used to generate original content for the development of TV shows and movies. Uh, Dylan, how do you feel about AI? Continued... Uh, push into entertainment
0: oh, I hate it um,
1: I assume you saw the there was two clips going around this week that are completely Star
0: Wars West, uh, West Star Anderson Wars King West Anderson was terrible yeah what was that one
1: yeah, the the weird Babylon looking thing where the dude's like hey Hollywood your time's up no I didn't Did say that see that one no it looked like a, a I want to say there was a old South Australian ad where it was like a bunch of like walking through a bunch of rooms that's Mm. what it looked
0: like yeah so AI yeah so AI taking writer's jobs is terrible and that's disgusting and I hate everything about it AI is being used we
1: support no writing done by AI on any services yes or websites or
0: scripts yes books yes it's a creative medium you shouldn't be using AI for anything like that in my opinion I would I would draw an asterisk at Hey, we used AI to write the synopsis for our fucking DVD. All right,
1: <laughs> M- like yeah, just menial tasks, I
0: guess. Yeah, just random shit. Sure, whatever.
1: We got AI to do our tweets. Yeah,
0: Done. we got AI to do our tweets. Whatever. I'm 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 fu- I'm, I'm, I'm not like totally anti AI, like to the umpteenth degree. Uh, but I mean even outside movie, TV stuff, I can't remember what website it was. There was a website using AI to write up news posts, like, or co-write news posts, uh, like a big website. I can't remember what it was, but there was this stuff oh, not around. the one I'm thinking of. Not the one you're thinking of. The, they were going around um, and people were talking about how, like, okay, well, if you want to do that and that's your choice, like, how are, like, how are you, like, making that known? Um, should it be, and I saw people talking about how maybe the author or it should be, like, co-authored. <laughs> like, hey, it was written by Dylan, and AI. Like, so people know yep. like, that this is a co-authored AI thing, and you're not just close. You know, like, what are the rules about this? It's just very interesting, and every time we talk about it, very interesting and fast-moving time we're living oh, in right just now. It's moving so quickly
1: because yeah. AI is doing crazy shit that it wasn't yeah. doing, like, a week ago.
0: Yeah, but I hate everything, so I see all these people celebrating <laughs> and that Star Wars trailer. I think it looked like absolute ass. It's the best example to me of... The AI can't fully understand it So they Like someone feeds it in And they get the They grab the The visual element Of a Wes Anderson film But like none of the intention Behind anything Like it's just It's just aesthetic Aesthetic For aesthetic That isn't the same
1: as a movie (laughs) Yeah You can't build a movie on aesthetic
0: No Despite what Critics of Critics
1: of uh, Wes Anderson would say
0: Yeah so, yeah, I, I, yeah, not f- no. I vote no, no. I think
1: it's good that they want to safeguard it against AI, uh kind of future-proofing themselves. Uh, but yeah, the writer strike. We'll see how long this uh how long this goes for. Um, because obviously we're in a pretty bad spot where you know streaming services are losing money because they're like, hey, maybe streaming services aren't the best investment for content. Maybe these massive money pits aren't the great, greatest thing and that kind of stuff. So, uh, I guess we'll wait and see how things play out. I guess we'll maybe do weekly updates or something. I don't know. But yeah, crazy. Uh, the final story I want to talk about. Changes to the Emmys are coming up. So uh start the Emmy season, they've announced a couple of rule changes this year. The biggest one, though, is that the Outstanding Variety Talk Series and Outstanding Sketch Variety TV Series uh, are being replaced with two new categories: outstanding talk series and outstanding scripted variety series. Uh, so, reading from IndieWire, Scott White matters. Since 2003, every outstanding variety talk series Emmy went to The Daily Show with Jon Stewart or a show hosted by one of its alumni. The last seven years, the winner was The Last Night, Last Week's tonight with John Oliver. That won't happen again. The new Emmy rules dictate that a talk series must dedicate one of the episode run. Most of the episode run time to unscripted interviews or panel discussions between a host and a guest, celebrities or personalities. That definition pushes out John O'Holder and provides room for Jimmy Kimmel Live or Late Night with Seth Meyers. uh, Shows to produce a much higher volume of late night TV episodes to break uh, network TV's decades-long losing streak (laughs) in the category. Over with The Late Show with Stephen Colbert and The Daily Show with Trevor Noah as recurring nominees, Daily Show dominance could continue. Uh, As for Oliver... Last week tonight, will now compete in the Outstanding Scripted Variety Series category against the six-year incumbent Saturday Night Live. However, by removing the sketch category from sketch from the category, these Emmy behemoths, BM, behemoths could also compete against newer innovative series like Schmigadoon and Documentary Now. Uh, for the last two years, the Outstanding Variety Sketch Series category sold only two nominees, Saturday Night Live and Black Lady Sketch Show, in a large part because nomination slots are proportional to the number of submissions. Uh, Dylan, what do you think of this change? This is quite interesting. Uh, Obviously, every time we do our uh, Emmy predictions, we uh, get kind of upset that there's only two sketch categories. So now to completely kind of redo these categories is quite interesting.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's hopefully the first of (laughs) many uh, changes that I think most major award categories need amongst different categories and stuff, like a shake-up amongst a bunch of different stuff. So this seems like the easiest one to to change up. You know? Like the one that it's not like a major category. Like it's the that's the same nonmies most, most years in and out. So it's the one that you can probably play around with the most and have the easiest success with and then go from there, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh other changes this year. Uh no more hanging episode rule for limited or anthology series. So that means that any of those series need to be completed by the time the Emmy nomination series uh, yeah, period is over. Miles. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, that makes sense, you know, because a lot of series would be running through the Emmy period. Uh, so we kind of get a oddly unfair advantage, I guess, of like being so prominent and recent. Yeah. Um, uh, documentaries that are submitted for Oscar consideration, but did not receive an Oscar nomination are now allowed to contend for Emmys. Um, so I believe the five films nominated for the best feature documentary Oscar this year are still ineligible for Emmy consideration, but films like Paramount's last flight home or Netflix senior, which had an Oscar qualifying fall festival run may submit for outstanding documentary or nonfiction special. That's interesting. I guess for documentaries, uh, there's always kind of a weird line between those and what should be for film and what isn't. But, you know, whatever. Uh, then last interesting change is uh, the outstanding game show and outstanding hosts for a game show categories are migrating to the Primetime Emmy Awards from the Daytime Emmy Awards. I guess game shows in America have made a big comeback. <laughs> so, yeah, Hopefully. that's the thing. Apparently, according okay. to this article.
0: All right.
1: So, yeah uh that's all the news for this week let's give some thumbs to some trailers of course you can find all the trailers that we're about to talk about in the show notes below a lot of these trailers coincidentally shown at CinemaCon, but shocked i'm shocked as well yes uh first trailer for this week a haunting in venice directed by kath branner starring kath branner kyle allen camille cotton J- jamie Dornan, tina fey jude hill ali khan emma Laird Kelly Riley, and Michelle Yao. Uh, Belgian sleuth Hercule Poirot investigates a murder while attending a Halloween seance at a haunted palazzo in Venice, Italy. Uh, Dylan, is someone who's very indifferent to the last Hercule Poirot film, what did you think of the trailer for A Haunting in Venice?
0: I'm going one up, one down for this trailer. Uh, good trailer. However, yeah, as someone who thinks both these Poirot movies are bad, uh, I don't really care <laughs> just care come into it like into the up and downness of these trailers no one not one down for the trailer if okay. i was taking into account my care factor it would be double thumbs down
1: uh i'm gonna give this trailer two thumbs up because i think
0: you love horror if movies. you
1: would... i love horror movies don't no. uh it is interesting they're going in a new direction um i think If you did not see the title of this film, you would not have guessed it's a Hercule Poirot movie. And that's a cool way to cut the trailer, I guess.
0: Until the end, when I show him, right?
1: Well, yeah. (laughs) And also, what the fuck is going on? Because, you know, it feels... All the things that are happening with the ghosts and shit, that feels very un-Hercule Poirot-like.
0: Do you want me to spoil it?
1: Is it a janitor in a mask?
0: It ain't going to be... It's not supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to tell you.
1: Uh, but, yeah, I think... I think Yeah, it looks very different to the last two films. So, I mean, it's got that going for it. And it doesn't seem like it's relying on, like, a star-studded cast, uh, like the last couple of movies no, have. TNFA, sure, they've got, like, Tina and Jamie, you know, Derman, like, Jamie Dorman, but yeah, Jamie Dormund, yeah,
0: they're, they're nobodies.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, they're not... Oscar... Uh, yeah,
1: Gal Gadot and, you yeah. know, Armie Hammer at the time and, you know, I'm, I'm At least insane. none of them uh, accused cannibals. That's Cannibal. a plus.
0: Who knows what Tony Face's been up to? <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Haunting uh, Venice uh, is coming to uh, cinemas on the fourteenth of September. Next trailer for this week: Platonic, dra- created by Nick Stoller and Francesca Del Bunko. uh starring Rose Byrne, Seth Rogen, Luke McFayl, and Trey Hall. Carla Gallo, Andrew Lopez, platonic best fo- platonic former best friends approaching midlife reconnect after a long rift. The duo's friendship becomes more consuming and destabilizes their lives. Tim, what do you think of this trailer for Platonic?
0: I'm going one up, one down on this one as well. It's sort of weird because it actually, I was like, "Is this a Neighbors spinoff?" Or like, "What's the what's the go?" And then I was like, "Oh wait, different characters." I'm like, "Um, yeah, I mean, I'll go one up, one down. It just looks like your typical sort of Seth fair which isn't a bad thing in particular but uh, that's exactly what this looks like I'm sure it'll be fun hopefully it has a little bit more substance to it than what's sort of given here because like what's here just looks like something I've probably seen many times before if not exactly this but yeah I just need I need a little bit more something from this for it to be just more than like why is this TV show yeah
1: uh, yeah, I think I'm one up, one down as well. I don't, I just, yeah, something didn't quite click in the trailer. It looks like it's a fun time. It looks like a Seth Rogen, Rose Byrne film. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's cool to see Luke McFarlane and more stuff because obviously we enjoyed him very much in Bros. Uh, obviously playing a very different character. <laughs> sexually, um, it looks like some fun gags and that kind of stuff. The whole thing of her realizing is She snorted a horse tranquilizer, and her trying to blow it
0: out. <laughs> it's just and him like explaining it as like to be fair. Right? I thought it was cocaine. Him saying it's already in your brain. No, like to her partner. Her <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Whatever, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, th- yeah. It looks like there's a lot of fun gags and that kind of stuff. But there, yeah, seeing any more depth to it. But uh, Apple TV Plus have had a pretty solid record with these comedy series. So I'm oh, uh-huh. optimistic.
0: I haven't watched any more of The Big Purple Door or whatever it was called. I don't know
1: if that's a comedy. I'm not going
0: back to that either.
1: It's still a pretty solid record, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Even with that one. Uh, so, this is coming to Apple TV Plus on the 24th of May. Next trailer, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, directed by Francis Lawrence, starring Tom Blythe, Rachel Ziegler, Peter Dinklage... Hunter Schaefer, Josh Andreas Riviera, uh, Jason Swatchman, and Viola Davis. Years before he becomes the tyrannical president of Pan Am, a 18-year-old Coriolanus Snow is the last hope of his feigning lineage, a once-proud family that has fallen from grace in a post-war capital with the 10th annual Hunger Games fast approaching. Young Snow is alarmed when he is assigned to mentor Lucy Grey Baird, the female tribute from the Impoverished District 12. But after Lucy Gray commands all of panem's attention by defiantly singing during the reaping ceremony, uh, Snow thinks he might be able to turn the odds in their favor. Uniting their instincts for showmanship and the newly found uh, political savvy, Snow and Lucy Gray's Race Against Time to Survive will ultimately reveal who was a songbird and who was a snake. Dylan, what did you think of this trailer for the prequel to The Hunger Games?
0: A double thumbs up. I thought it looked really, really cool. I, as is a continuing thing for the last two episodes, I've read all of the Hunger Games books. I quite enjoyed them. However, I've not watched all the films. Um, so I awesome. like this world. I like the cast in this. Um, the change of the setting for the games itself. I, I quite appreciate that. Oh, hold on. Asterix, I've not read this book um okay i've read okay. the i've read the original ones i've not read this although i may try and get to this before because this came out like right as whole covid hit and then i kind of actually forgot about it to be completely honest um mm-hmm. i have to look up maybe it's shit maybe i shouldn't even bother but um i like the hunger games world it's good enough they made a movie <laughs> that doesn't mean anything really to be fair uh, <laughs> all it means is that um uh, they put out a new book and they went those movies made a bunch of money roll on through keep keep fucking <laughs> shitting them out you know so uh, but yeah. I I'll go double thumbs up. I really like the cast. I, I wrote um. What's her name? Rachel Zieg- Ziegler. Rachel Ziegler. Ziegler. Uh, she looks really cool in this. I like the the young casting of Snow before he turns into old mate Sutherland dictator. asshole and dictator. Um, I'm sure there'll be other some. I like the casting of um, what's a McCall as a young uh Jason
1: Schwartzman as Jason the, Schwartzman. Appa- yeah, it, apparently the descendant of uh, yeah.
0: Sarachushi's character in the, yes. the, the originals. Yeah, that's like really good casting, I think, for that. That's interesting. Yeah, and I like the 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 uh yeah the, the game setting, like having it be in this like very sort of dome. Obviously and...
1: set like sixty something years before, so yeah, yeah. It looks very different.
0: The first it's the tenth like... games, but it's the first televised one, and they're trying to make it more of an actual sport, um, and everything like that. Uh, so yeah, I th- I'm keen. I'm gonna double find this
1: Yeah, um... I'll go one up, one down. I think it looks interesting, but I don't know. Something didn't grab me. Um, I think, yeah, the, all the elements are there. It's like, why would I care about the bad guy from the previous films? Uh, it seems like an interesting choice, I guess. Like, yeah, there's a there's I not think much without having read
0: the book. I at least what I got from the trailer and the way they show it is. So her no, so you've got Cornelius Snow, who is the main bad guy, obviously of the the films. He's like the present something. Then you've also got his older cousin in it, who, at least from I took it, is that he's going to be. It's trying to show you like how choices make we make you who you are. Like to have that whole part in the trailer about becoming who you are. So I think, again, I haven't read the book. I don't know. It's going to show how one Snow goes evil. Maybe another one goes good. Like I don't know. Like it's just Yeah. Like there's, maybe lot of there's snakes. a snakes. We-
1: not a big fan of snakes.
0: Yeah, that's true. Me neither, so, you know, fuck this movie. Yeah, oh, they're
1: all over you. their arms. Like, what are you doing? True. Unnecessary. Uh so yeah, this is coming into cinemas on sixteenth of November. Next trailer. Next goal wins. Directed by Taika Watiti, starring Michael Fassbender, Elizabeth Moss, Oscar Kiley. Uh Guli Lakatifu, uh, Rachel House, Kaimana, David Fane, Belua Kola, Chris Alusio, Taika Waititi, Will Arnett, and Wri Starby. Dutch-American football coach Thomas Froggen is tasked with turning the American Samoa national team, considered one of the weakest football teams in the world, into an elite squad. Dylan, what do you think of this trailer for the latest Taika Waititi film?
0: Double thumbs up. Looks really, really fucking good. Um this is more the Tika. This is OG Tika, is what I would say. This. This is definitely more. Uh, this kiwi is more. Taika. Just Kiwi Tika. Yeah, that's a good way. But this is Kiwi Tika, man, like this is we, we're going back to the, the to the back to his roots. Yeah, back to his roots, man. Um, because JoJo was fine. I didn't love it. I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was mm-hmm. fine. Something he tried to do. It was like trying to do Tika in Hollywood. Still, okay, you try. I, I thought it was fine, but you know. As someone who loves all his earlier films, um, this was hitting old old, old notes for me. Um, the fact it's based on true story that I know nothing about that's just another sort of nail on the head of intrigue for me. But yeah, I think the cast is fantastic. It's very funny. Got his overall humour in it. Double thumbs up. Can't wait.
1: Yeah, I'll give a double thumbs up as well. It feels like a very Tiger film. Um, I do love the little added thing of uh, from the loser of the best adapted screenplay film film jojo rabbit and the best the loser of the uh teen choice of the world for for ragnarok uh very funny additions uh and clever ways to rework the common marketing uh spin of these trailers um yeah it looks really good like interesting story Michael um, oh, fassbender looks like you'll you don't associate him with comedies so this is an interesting choice for him uh it is a bit weird to see that that empty like room where he's in at the start with all the like Elizabeth Moss, Free Starby Will Arnett it's like very weird and then you've got a bunch of uh, unknowns pretty much uh, as the main soccer team and that kind of stuff uh, but yeah it looks like it'll be a lot of fun obviously uh, you know sports movies are always a lot of fun and just that shot of that him kicking the ball and him knocking every single head possible hilarious It's very funny uh yeah, it's... yeah. I'll leave it at that. Definitely keen to check it out. So this is coming to Australian cinemas on the 1st of January, uh, apparently, but set to release in the US on November 17th.
0: Awesome. Love that. It's great, man.
1: It's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Waiting for that big Oscar run. That's what it is, you know, mm-hmm. that Oscar delay. Uh, last trailer for this week, Transformers. Rise of the Beasts, uh, directed, by, directed by Stephen Cappell Jr., starring Anthony Ramos, Dominique Fishback, Toby Ngui, uh with voice talents of Ron Perlman, Peter Dinklage, Michelle Yeoh, Liza Koshy, Michaela J. Rodriguez, Pete Davidson, Coleman Domingo, Christo Christoph Fernandez, Tongai Teresa. Ch- 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 Peter Cullen, John DiMaggio, and David Soblov. In the year 1994, a pair of archaeologists from Brooklyn come into an ancient conflict through a globetrotting adventure with the Autobots that ties in three factions of the Transformers race, the Maximals, the Predacons, and the Terracons. Dylan, what do you think is the latest trailer for Transformers Rise of the Beasts?
0: Good for you, Transformer movie watchers. You got another one. Another one of these fucking movies where there's like a bunch of robots fucking doing shit and there's an ape. And he's talking this time, too. Go, Beast, go. Go, team. Transformers roll out. 1994, they're like, well, oh, man, we weren't discovered. Don't Oh, there's a human. Somehow they fucking aren't seen ever again until 2007 with Shia LaBeouf. Like, oh, come on.
1: We don't know if it's tied in, if it's the same universe. They, they haven't made it clear if it's a reboot or, like, what the fuck. Because there's a meant to be a giant world-eating robot, you would think people would remember that. Am I right?
0: Yeah, you're right. You are right. You're right. That's a good point. Um, that's a very good point. And uh, because of that, I'm giving this double thumbs down.
1: Wow. Harsh. I have one up, one down. I think, you know, I enjoyed the previous trail. I think this one's also pretty solid. Uh, but it does look like it's going to, dev- well, it was always going to devoid into a uh, CGI fuckfest at the end. Uh, but they gave us a teaser of the CGI fuckfest in this trailer. Uh, you see, people were so happy when they they had that one shot of uh, I think it's Optimal Prime swinging under bridge, the Gorilla Dude swinging under the bridge. And it's all just one shot, and not like a bunch of shots and shaky cam and that kind of stuff. That made um, people very happy. That that's um, the direction Transformers is going. Man, because well, I'm just staying fast. It's like that,
0: that virtual camera with well, those virtual characters. Those they virtual cameras, one, They did it crazy. in one shot. That's pretty impressive i think that's pretty impressive
1: it is uh, <laughs> uh but yeah it's interesting i didn't realize this was set in 1994 i don't know if those cars are accurate for the time period <laughs> um but yeah i'm you know anthony ramos looks pretty solid uh yeah i'm keen you know i, no I you was know. a big baseballs fan so yeah i was seeing too.
0: them you know what see them on
1: screen you don't care
0: I was a big Harry Potter fan, too.
1: But Transformers didn't misgenerate. go after trans people.
0: Just saying. Sometimes you can be a fan of something when you're a kid.
1: So what you're saying is bad movies the same as being a... Tra- no. <laughs> no. Silence. <laughs> 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 All right. uh. Transformers Rise of the Beast coming to cinemas on the 22nd of June. Dylan, this June? week.
0: Okay, sorry. <laughs> Dylan, this week, what do you want to watch? Uh, Alright, TV show is going to be Star Wars Visions Season 2, of course, comes out. May the 4th be with you day. And my movie uh, is going to be one that I'm not going to be watching because I highly doubt it's going to come out in my cinema, but my pick would actually be The Survival of Kindness. Uh, but, my realistic pick of movie that I'll actually go watch is of course gonna be Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: My straight up pick is Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm very looking forward to this. Uh see we'll be talking about it as soon as we can. Probably possibly even later tonight at time of release. Mm. Uh over on All New Marvel Cast. Uh so check out or it will be on All New Marvel Cast. We'll probably talk about it briefly next week. Uh but yeah, guardians looking forward to that. On the TV front, I will say I'm looking forward to seeing the first episode of Silo over on Apple TV+. Uh, that looks really cool uh, with uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Real weird world. I'm excited to check that out. But yeah, Star Wars Visions, also very excited about that. And we'll also be talking about this week over on Holocron Entries, which you should go check out. We'll be talking about the first part and then we'll second part at some point. There's a lot of episodes. There's a lot of stuff this week. A lot of content coming to explosionnetwork.com. That's it for this week's episode of Warning Watch. Uh, if you want to help us out here at the podcast, leave us a review on our Podcasts or on Podchaser. Uh, leave us five stars. Anyone can leave five stars. Uh, if you want to let us know what you want to watch this week, uh, your thoughts on anything from CinemaCon, uh, how do you feel about Transformers? Let us know by going to explosion.com slash Twitter or jump to Discord at explosion.com slash Discord. And if you've enjoyed this episode thought worth a dollar, head over to our cover page at explosion.com slash support. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time. Keep watching stuff, I guess.